D F S. It is Friday, October 21st here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 7 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. Jared, I appreciate you tearing yourself away from the first day of midnights to sit down with me for our usual DFS pod. I've given it a listen. Don't you worry. I, I gave it a listen this morning. It's, pre- it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I've listened to pieces of it uh, against my will throughout the day with uh, various daughters playing it for me. I, I can't. I don't think it's going to be my favorite at any point. I'm, I'm not. I'm not latching on to anything just yet. Yeah, my, my daughter's not a fan yet, so it's just, it's just me wanting to listen myself. So you're still at the point where you can voluntarily listen to it instead of having it forced yes. upon you. It definitely changes the yeah. experience. So I've been, I've had it built up around me for weeks i don't even know when it started and let me tell you there was a lot of disappointment in the house last night when uh <laughs> i let the kids stay up for the sneak preview and it was like a minute and a half commercial for the album right. even the 13 yeah. year olds like that was not worth it i should have gone to bed <laughs> I, I haven't watched the videos yet i gotta that's that's later tonight i guess Oh, yeah. The after hours stuff. And speaking of after hours, when you get this pod on a Friday night, it's beer time. I saw you have one. I got one here. Yeah. that's It's blending into the background, but I got a I got a pumpkin beer. It's that, that time of year. It is that time of year. I got something from the uh, Backwoods Bastard line of Founders right. beer. So, yeah, we'll You'll enjoy this one. You'll be sleeping by the end of this. Not a chance, maybe. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our picks for the DraftKings slate this weekend. What do you like for cash at quarterback, Jared? I'm not sure yet, honestly. It's a tough week at quarterback. No Josh Allen, no Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson's on like a three-game slump. Um, Patrick Mahomes, tough matchup against San Francisco. I kind of want to play Geno Smith at 5600 bucks, but Tyler Lockett seems legitimately questionable for this game. It seems like he re-injured that hamstring at some point, you know, between last Sunday and now. Um, so so if Lockett is out, I don't think I can get to Geno and Cash. I, I might go to Derek Carr at that point, who's only a few hundred bucks more, and just kind of, you know, the, the Raiders have the high implied total. I just kind of hope he, he has a decent game. I don't love the spot for him. I think it's going to be more of a Jacobs game. But um, I, honestly, I'm not sure where I'm going in Cash at quarterback yet. Uh, can I say uh, shout out to the Seahawks website for being one of the few in the league that does not do its injury report? Like I went to the Seahawks injury not there. report on their site. I see the Chargers, but I don't <laughs> see the Seahawks. So I, I, how how easy is it to just do that stuff, knowing how high profile a site you are? I, I'm with you. Geno Smith stands out at 5,600. I think I'd probably still lean that way, even if there's no Tyler Lockett, but I can't say that for sure now. I mean, honestly, Matt Ryan at 5,400, I have him down for tournaments here, but if we have no Lockett and the other things available in the 5K range, I don't think that he really stands out as being a much poorer bet for our cash lineups than other guys in that range. So that might be it, but it's definitely going to be one to sort out as we get into the weekend. We've got lots of other injury situations among skill players too, that we have yet to talk about. Yeah. And I would, I would like to get up to Lamar and cash and even Justin Herbert, who I'll talk about in the tournament section here, why I like him, but um, there's not a lot to me to like for cheap at the other positions at at running back and wide receiver. There's plenty of good cheap tight ends, but to me, it's tough. It's tough to fit the expensive quarterbacks in cash lineups this week. Yeah, I agree. I would rather pay down for Gino, and even without Lockett, we get him as five-point underdogs. Maybe that even increases slightly. It's a neutral scoring matchup against the Chargers. I think the five-point underdogs aspect could push passing volume upside here. 
And at least Geno Smith has been solid in real life quarterback play for us throughout the season so far. Even last week, he disappointed fantasy wise, but the game was fine other than not having any touchdowns. So he's at least been a guy that we can play and not be like, boy, I hope he doesn't go. I hope he doesn't implode in this game. Right, exactly. So on the GPP side, I did already mention it. I have Matt Ryan at 5,400. He's projected for a quarter of Geno Smith's ownership, according to the numbers in our lineup generator right now. So that aspect makes it pretty easy for me to lean toward Matt Ryan for a tournament lineup. We've got Michael Pittman at 7,400, a little bit expensive, but that's got him in single digit range for ownership projection, which, you know, certainly helps here as well. And then Alec Pierce for the double stack, 4,600, nice price for him, single digit ownership. If Matt Ryan is going to go off and he already topped 350 in the first mm-hmm. meeting with the Titans. So I don't have to say this could be a ceiling. I can point to it and say, well, that's a ceiling. He already did it once. If I, if he does go off, he's probably taking two guys with him. And rather than play like seven different Colts tight ends in one lineup slot <laughs> here, I'll go Pittman and Alec Pierce. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor back for the Colts. So I do, I don't expect them to go as past heavy as they did last week, but um for the price, I think Ryan could get there for you. Um, GPP is where I do like going with the expensive quarterbacks. And I mentioned Lamar Jackson, three straight disappointing games now. Two of those came in tough matchups against the Bills and Bengals. Uh, you know, last week was not a tough matchup. He just kind of underwhelmed. Good matchup again this week against the Browns. Mark Andrews questionable. I think he's going to play. Rashad Bateman also questionable. I think he's trending towards playing. I think Bateman's return will be big for Andrew, for Lamar Jackson. I think that's part of the reason he struggled these last few weeks. So, you know, Lamar Jackson on a slate without Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, like he has the potential to outscore all these other quarterbacks by like five to 10 points. And if he does that, you know, he's probably the guy you're going to need for tournaments. Yeah. It's tough to say that though, with a questionable Mark Andrews and a questionable Rashad Bateman, I feel like you're getting a little bit Pete Carroll optimistic here. You're like, no, it'll be fine. He's great. Look at him around all these other guys. I mean, the guy, you know, the guy has two 40 point games already this season. Um, I, I, you know, he, he has that ceiling. Um, I like Justin Herbert here too. You know, good, good matchup here against Seattle, obviously 26 and football outsiders pass defense DVOA. We'll see about Keenan Allen. That's kind of you know, big for me. If I want to use Herbert or, or if you know, Allen's out, I might just end up using like just Mike Williams and just hope he, you know, gets, you know, 40% of Herbert's production. But um, cause, cause Josh Allen's out for the chargers too, or sorry, Josh Palmer's out for the chargers too. So if there's no Keenan Allen, it gets kind of, kind of thin in the past catching core, but I do like Herbert. He's another guy who, you know, has shown us in the past. He has that 30 point ceiling. So bothered about Josh Allen being on by this week that you're just going to have his name on every Josh in the, in the site. <laughs> That's right. Speaking of Josh's, let's move to running back for cash. And Josh Jacobs has yeah. to be a starting point for everybody in all fantasy formats right now. 6,500 bucks coming off the bye, facing Houston. There is absolutely nothing to dislike about him this week. So I think right at the top of our chart in the lineup generator, we've got Josh Jacobs. We got Brees Hall, 6,200. We got Kenneth Walker at 5,800. I mean, to me, that's a nice looking trio to start out my uh, the, the planning for my cash lineup on DraftKings this week. Yeah, Josh Jacobs is a must for me. I think he's, you know, a thousand to fifteen hundred underpriced here just with the work he's been getting and this matchup against Houston and the Raiders, you know, big home favorites. It's really a perfect spot for Josh Jacobs. To me, that you know, the last two spots, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Leonard Fournette, I also like too at seventy seven hundred bucks. He's our fourth best dollars per point value. Um, you know, he has the higher raw projection than Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. He is quite a bit more expensive and it is kind of tough to fit him in lineups. I was working on my cash lineup this morning. Um, so I am leaning towards Brees Hall. And Kenneth Walker as my last two guys, just, you know, guys getting RB1 level workloads that aren't really priced as RB1s on DraftKings yet. 
Yeah, Brees Hall is already 14th in the league in opportunity share, according to our historical stats page. And that speaks to how much the Jets have been leaning on the backfield because Brees Hall, of course, has not been the lead back all season. It's been, what, three weeks now that he's been the lead back. And even that, it's not like he's a dominant workhorse. So there's a lot of work going to Jets running backs collectively, and he has taken over the top share of that. So that's why it's it's pretty easy to like him work wise because he's going to be get it. He's going to be getting the, the ball, whether they're ahead or behind in this game against Denver, Kenneth Walker, obviously not as, as good a bet for that receiving stuff, but he's 5,800. He's probably going to be a workhorse runner for Seattle. So as long as the game doesn't get out of hand, he should do well on touch. Yeah. And Walker, you know, the, the routes weren't great last week, but he got three targets, a 10% target share. If he can be around there, like that's, you know, good enough, I think, when he's also going to be getting 15 to 20 carries per week. Walker has the awesome matchup, too, against the Chargers. Uh, Chargers allowing 5.8 yards per carry to running backs. Um, Hall's matchup's okay. Denver's really good against the pass, just kind of average against the run. And, you know, especially with Russell Wilson banged up now, we'll see if he even plays. Like, that's a game I think is going to be close, where the Jets should be able to continue leaning on the run for most of that game. That game's going to be like 11 to nine. It's going to yeah. be awful to watch, please. Everybody, yes. I, that's my, if you take nothing else away from the show, don't watch Broncos Jets. You can start <laughs> players from it, but don't watch the game on Sunday. Right, right, right. EPP side, what do you like at running back? So I think paying up for Austin Eckler is interesting. He has, he's averaged nine targets over the last five games now, 20% target share. Um, and Seattle 31st in football outsiders running back coverage rankings. So I think Eckler could have a big day in the passing game. And the other guy I like, it feels gross, but Zeke Elliott for 6000 bucks. Um, you know, C.D. Lamb's going to be one of the most popular players, definitely the most popular wide receiver. So you get some leverage by playing Zeke instead of C.D. Lamb. You hope Zeke gets the touchdowns. Like, you know, he's, he's not an elite runner anymore, but I think he's still okay. He still, I think, projects for, projects for, you know, 15 to 18 carries in this game, and he gets a great matchup against the Lions. So, again, doesn't feel great. You wish he was doing more in the passing game, but I think he could get 100 yards and, you know, a touchdown or two in this spot. Yeah, I was listening to Josh Norris and Hayden Winks earlier, both guys that we're both fans of, both guys that we've had on the Draft Sharks podcast before on the Underdog um, podcast, of course. And Josh was talking about Zeke Elliott this week. And I know that the the thing that we dislike most about Zeke right now is the lack of targets, mm-hmm. but he has been out there for passing situations. And Josh made a good point. It's like, now that Dak Prescott's back, if we are expecting the team to throw the ball more, we're probably also going to get more throws to the running backs. And Zeke has been out there in those situations. We're probably going to get more, you know, traditional quarterback passing that's probably going to at least help the target count some for Zeke. So I think there's a chance that that aspect is not as bad going forward as, as it has looked so far, given that Zeke has been getting the clear lead back um, share of work so far. So I, I agree on Zeke and I think that maybe he ends up looking even better than we can reasonably project right now. Yeah, Zeke's run 40 more routes than Tony Pollard has. You know, Zeke's over a 50% route rate. So you're right. It ha- it's not like he hasn't been out there running routes. Uh, the passes just haven't come his way. So that, that definitely could flip at any point. One other point that Josh made, and I've always respected Josh Norris as a, a film guy. He was talking about Travis Etienne. And this is where I like taking a shot on Travis Etienne this week. 5,400 here. So he helps us with some of that salary space. Gets the Giants. The Giants are really big up front on their D-line this week. They have garbage at linebacker. So if you can get the ball past the front line, that's where the yards are coming from. The team has given up three 100-yard rushing games so far to Christian McCaffrey, 
Tony Pollard and Kenyon Drake guys that you can get past that front line. And then they have the speed to turn it into something. And those three games came on 15, 13 and 10 carries. So this has not been a, a defense that teams are loading up the run and just like pounding away for five and a half yards of carry. It's a team that you try to scheme to get around that big defensive line. And Josh highlighted ETN as a player who's um, physically built to beat this defense this week. The other thing we like is that he got his first start last week. Now, that's the the thing that's it's possible to misread. So ETN started over James Robinson last week. The final playing time wasn't like, oh, they went to ETN this week. So I'm not sure what to make of that. That's what makes me hesitant to trust ETN from like a full season, um, you know, starting on my uh, redraft roster thing. But if I'm making a GPP lineup, I'm getting him in single digits. I'm getting him against a defense that has been gashed by speed backs. I I very much like the upside right here. It does. You know, and like you said, the playing time numbers don't necessarily bear it out, but it does feel like ETN is kind of trending up and James Robinson's trending in the other direction. Think about ETN too. I mean, not that he's had a great fantasy season, but he's averaging almost 75 total yards per game. He just hasn't scored yet. He has 67 touches without a touchdown yet. And I know Robinson's going to, you know, probably get the majority of the goal line work, but ETN's going to score touchdowns. I said it on, uh, yesterday's podcast, Michael Hasty keeps stealing all the freaking long touchdowns. ETN could score, so I, I, I like that call. Um, I think you know, like you said, this is a, a tournament is a is a you know what kind of where you want to use ETN this week. If he had started out like where we were drafting Chase Edmonds this year, the right. people would be like, "This season's going all right. I think he's going right. to break out." But we were drafting him in round three, maybe early round four. So from there, it seems like the season's been awful. So. We just if we reset our thinking on ETN, then things aren't quite as bad as they seem. The other guy is not as much out on a limb, but Derrick Henry is at 8,200, which is a reasonable price for a guy who gets that much work. And he's at single digit ownership and projection in our lineup generator right now. He's had 20 plus carries in four or five games. He's coming off the bye, so he should be fresh. Ran for 114 yards in the first game against the Colts. Also had five targets in that game, so they have been mixing him in more in that area. This Colts defense has no Shaq Leonard again this week. He's still returning from the face surgery after he had a broken nose. Also no Quiddy Pay, who is the number two graded run defender on the Colts defense among Colts starters. So this is a better matchup than it will normally be. We have the 100-yard bonus on DraftKings. We also have Jonathan Taylor back this week. He's $100 cheaper, and I would bet that most people who look at those two are going to want to play Jonathan Taylor over Derrick Henry in this format. So there you go. You go Matt Ryan to Michael Pittman and Derrick Henry run back. If that, if that hits, I know you'll be, you'll be winning a tournament this week. That's right. I'll be swimming in my, uh, my 50 cent tournament entry um, <laughs> winnings wide receiver for cash. What are you playing, Jared? I'm starting with, I'm on Ross St. Brown here. Um, 7,100 bucks. It's actually the cheapest he's been since week two. Um, now he, he's off injury for altogether full week of practice. So I think he's going to be back to a full time, you know, snap count after being limited last time out. When St. Brown was healthy this season in two games, he had 12 targets in both those games. Um, he had double-digit targets in six straight games to close last season. So he's just a great target bet for the price tag, especially with no DJ Chark for the Lions. Josh Reynolds is questionable with his injury. I'm not even sure he's going to play. Um, and then it's a tough matchup in general for the Lions passing game, but I'm going to St. Brown gets Jordan Lewis in the slot. He has not been great this season. He's allowed 21 catches on 25 targets. So I think that's going to you know, push even more action. I'm on Ross St. Brown's way. I think he's a good bet for 10-plus targets in this game. 
I agree. And he's also just tied for 11th in ownership projection in the lineup generator right now. So he he's well within um, reach in GPP lineups as well. In addition to being a fairly safe cash bet. I also like T Higgins for a little cheaper, 6,400 against the Falcons, Chris Godwin, 6,300 against the Panthers. I'm going to have more on T Higgins on the FanDuel side. I think Chris Godwin, we talked about on Thursday, he's just been healthy. He's been getting the targets. He hasn't scored a touchdown. If he had one touchdown to his name right now, I think people would be a little bit more excited about him than they are. I think Zay Jones, because we're talking about needing to find places to save salary, 4,400 for Zay Jones against the Giants is attractive here for cash lineups. He's actually ahead of Mike Williams in target share for the season, according to our historical stats page. And that particular stat category on that page only counts the games that guys have played. So you have Zay Jones who has missed a game. It accounts for that. It doesn't give, it doesn't penalize his overall target share for that game. He's sitting 32nd among all all wide receivers. So that's not a special number, but if you're inside the top 36 and you're 4,400 on here, that's a good area. That's where we want you to be. That'll work for our lineups here. He's also ahead of Adam Thielen. He's ahead of Hunter Renfro. He's ahead of Alan Lazard. So again, it's not a special level, but it just kind of speaks to how relatively safe Zay Jones's role is for $4,400. Giants are a negative scoring matchup for wide receivers by our adjusted fantasy points allowed but they're the sixth friendliest matchup for quarterbacks. I'm going to go ahead and believe that one more than them actually yeah. being difficult for wideouts. Yeah. I would, I would like to live in the $6,000 range for cash. Um, you mentioned Chris Gobbin and, and T Higgins. I like both of them. I think CD lamb is an option as well. 6,800 bucks. I mean, the risk with lamb is just the risk on Dak Prescott coming back from the thumb injury, but we know lamb's target share has been awesome. It's good match against Detroit. So I think he's an option as well. Zay Jones is the guy, like if you, want to go up at quarterback and get a Herbert or Lamar Jackson. I think Zay Jones is probably a guy you're going to have to use instead of one of those $6,000 wide receivers. I think that that is a viable route to go in cash. I think that if you, I, I think honestly, Jared, my pro maybe my biggest reason to not play Zay Jones would be so I can play Evan Ingram without playing two Jaguars <laughs> pass catchers in my lineup. We'll talk about Evan Ingram in a minute at 3,300. So if that's where you are, if you want to play Evan Ingram at tight end over the other guys, um, that'll save you salary. Matt Collins at 4,600, I think is in play. He's not as safe a target bet as Zay Jones, but he's in a Raiders offense. That's not going to have Darren Waller. It's got a very questionable Foster Moreau and Hunter Renfro is also questionable with a hip injury that popped up during the week. So by the time we get to Sunday, we might have Matt Collins and Devonte Adams. And then like, I don't even know who else would be on the field for him. Now, Hollins is questionable too. He was limited all week. Um, yeah, he, 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 like he's, he seems like a safe, but he seems, you know, in better shape than Hunter Renfro for sure. But um, yeah. What are they doing out in Vegas? They got to rest a little bit over there by actually, I, there coming Vegas, I know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coming off a of bye too. I can't believe how banged up they are. Yeah. They're probably not staying properly hydrated out there. It's in the desert. <laughs> GPP side. What do you like for wide up? So I like um, both the 49ers wide receivers. I didn't, I'm not going to get to Jimmy Garoppolo as a tournament quarterback, but I do like playing, um, you know, either Debo or Ayuk or Kittle, I guess. So, you know, one of their pass catchers in tournament lineups talked about the spot for the passing game on yesterday's pod. But, um, you know, the, the Niners have been a, a balanced offense since Garoppolo took over. You know, Chiefs are a bottom barrel pass defense. It could be a game where the Niners are playing from behind. Debo Samuel has seen a 27% target share from Garoppolo 
over the last four weeks. I know the rushing hasn't been there anymore, but the, the passing volume has been strong. So if um, you, know, you get 35 to 40 attempts out of Garoppolo, that, that's going to mean you know, a big target game for Debo Samuel. And then Brandon Ayuk's at a 21% target share. So, you know, not quite at Debo's level, but he's also just 6,000 bucks. I like getting uh, one of those Niners receivers in lineups this week. And Debo's certainly going to get more ownership than Brandon Ayuk. So, um, yeah, I, I like both of those. And I very much like that Debo is actually working as a wide receiver now and right. that he will continue to do so now that they got Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. I mentioned Alec Pierce at low ownership, solid with uh, Matt Ryan. Mike Evans, I want to highlight, 6,900. So he's still he, – he's been in that range all season now. I looked back to see if he was down from where he just had been, but they, they haven't put up the numbers yet to, to pump up Mike Evans' price because he started the season in the 6K range. He has six-plus catches in four straight meetings with the Panthers. He has touchdowns in all three of his meetings against Carolina with Tom Brady as his quarterback, four total touchdowns in those games, at least six catches in all of those, at least 77 yards in all of those. And like I said, at least one touchdown in all three of those. So, I mean, it's Mike Evans. So all you have to do is say, yeah, I think that Tom Brady and Mike Evans are going to be okay in this game. And he makes sense if he's in single-digit ownership. Yeah, I have Evans and Williams and Mike Williams on my list, and the rationale is they're five and six percent owned. I think if those receivers are single digit owned, they're always good tournament plays because they both have the upside to go for a hundred yards and a couple touchdowns. I do think Mike Williams' ownership will climb with people seeing that Josh Palmer's out and then Keenan Allen's iffy, but and we'll see where that goes over the next couple of days. And then uh, the last receiver I had, Michael Gallup, another guy who you know you could use as a pivot off of CD Lamb. Gallup not as strong a straight up play, but he's going to be lower owned. He's just 5,100 bucks. The, the playing time has been there since he came back from the ACL three weeks ago. He also has an 18.5% target share over the last three games. So again, if you know, Dallas is going to start throwing it, you know, 35 times a game now instead of 25, you know, that's going to mean, uh, you know, a couple extra targets per game for Gallup. Uh, you know, he also, of course, gets the great matchup against the Lions. And even if they don't make quite the leap in passing volume yet, it should be more efficient than it was with Cooper Rush. So uh, I was a little bit worried when I saw Michael Gallup behind Noah Brown in in routes last week, but the previous two weeks Gallup was ahead of him coming off of his uh, injury. So, you know, I'm not worried about that aspect of his role. Brown's not a bad play either. Um, he doesn't excite me as much as Gallup, but you know he's a bit cheaper than Gallup even. And I think as you alluded to, um, you know, he, he's been out there for you know close to 100% of their pass plays. He's Mac Hollins in Dallas. Yeah. Yep. Tight end for cash. You can play Evan Ingram at 3,300. We'll see. I, I might just be there and not playing Zay Jones. We'll see exactly how all the <laughs> 6K guys fit together along with a 5K quarterback. If you need to reach below that, though, it looks like Kate Otten to me at 2700 bucks over yeah. Foster Moreau, who's questionable, over Greg Dulcich, who has a questionable quarterback. Kate Otten got seven targets, caught six of them in week five with no Cameron Braid. We got no Cameron Braid this week. So that plus 2700 you know, that's the case. Yeah, Otten's my guy for cash. Um, 91% of the pass routes in that game, Cameron Braid missed, like – it's like Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey who are like up in that range for routes. So that's a, a great mark. Uh, the Panthers are fourth in adjusted points allowed to tight ends, but football outsiders has them 23rd in tight end coverage. It's not a matchup I'm worried about. I think great's, you know, a pretty solid touchdown bet, at least, you know, at this level of tight ends, you know, considering that the bucks imply total this week, Evan Ingram, uh, you could use him across formats here. If the $600 doesn't matter, you can go ahead to Evan Ingram. There's no matchup truly better than the giants for, tight end scoring so far. And I say truly, because if you look at our um, 
fantasy points allowed page, you're going to see Seattle way above everybody else. It's broken. It's going to be broken all season because of that Taysom Hill game where he ran for three and threw for one. There's just no way to read that number. So I'm going to forget Seattle against tight ends and I'll count the Giants number one right now. That's fair. GPP side, what do you like at tight end? Uh, so I mentioned George Carroll. I think, you know, he's coming in at just 7% ownership. Um, had, a, had a nice game. Last week, I still think there's you know upside for even better than he did last week. Um, so I like him at 5,300. David Njoku, 4,200, coming in at just 4% projected ownership. Leads all tight ends in receiving yards over the past four weeks. Uh, he's sixth in expected fantasy points among at the position over that span. And Baltimore, 29th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. Football Outsider says them 21st in tight end coverage. Yeah. yeah, I'll be talking about David Njoku on the FanDuel side in just a few minutes. GPP, I'm also, I'm curious to see Dalton Schultz's ownership projection over the weekend because there's not one in our lineup generator right now. He's not going to be 0% owned. So I'm curious to see what that number sits at as we get the Sunday morning. 3600 bucks is really cheap for what he is when healthy and Dak Prescott's healthy. He mm-hmm. is off the injury report this week, despite the knee that basically took him out of the past two games. Dak Prescott is back. You know, we'll see about him and that thumb, but Dalton Schultz could be a cheap way to buy into the the Dak Prescott return without going for the higher owned, higher priced pieces. And the Lions are just a terrific scoring matchup for every position. So we we don't have to worry about the matchups specifically here. What I'm not going to do this week is try to go up to Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. You mentioned Mark Andrews injury risk. Travis Kelsey's got the tougher matchup. Like neither of them has an easy matchup this week. Travis Kelsey has the tougher matchup with San Francisco who rates well, both in, in DVOA coverage against tight ends and fantasy points allowed to the position. Yeah. That's what I'm struggling with most. Just thinking about my turn tournament lineups right now is what to do with those two guys. Cause I do believe that generally getting to one of those guys is the right move. It might not be this week though, but on the flip side, like I think everyone's going to go cheap tight end this week. So I do think Andrews and Kelsey are going to come in. I think they're going to come in even lower than we have projected it right now. So, to me, like if I play a Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes lineup, that's where I'll get to those elite tight ends. I probably won't play them as one-offs. Defense, Browns at 2,400 against the Ravens, uh, Jets at 2,600 against the Broncos. Yeah. If I'm staying cheap, I think those are the ones I'm going for over. If you look in the lineup generator, we got Falcons, we got Texans, we got Lions up there. I honestly don't like any of those in their matchups this week. Browns against the Ravens they could give up 35 points or Lamar Jackson could have a rough game again. So it's a risk, but that's what you're buying at $2,400. You're just basically hoping there's a turnover, a touchdown, whatever jets. I I like the matchup because we either get uh, an iffy Russell Wilson playing on a less than 100% hamstring who has not been very good this year, or we get Brett Rippon. So either one of those is a good option. Yeah, it's going to be Jets for me and Cash. Um, I think they're a better defense than the Browns, and they have a much much better matchup here. Um, Denver already 27th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing defenses. And now, like you said, it's either going to be a banged-up Russ Wilson or a Riffin. So it'll be Jets for me and Cash. If we're in a position where the salary doesn't matter that much, I think if you get into the low 3K range, there are a lot of options here. Jaguars 3,100 against the Giants. Giants have been a negative scoring matchup for team defenses this year, and we would not have guessed that going into the year, but they are still allowing the second highest pressure rate. So the biggest change has been Daniel Jones not turning the ball over that much. That could happen in any given game. So with that high pressure rate, I still think there's some upside. Titans 3K against the Colts. Colts have been the third best scoring matchup for defenses. Don't play him in the same lineup as Matt Ryan and two of his receivers, but... 
I mean, actually, that could even be something that works out, right, Jared? Maybe he throws three <laughs> picks. Maybe he has Andy Dalton's yeah. game from last night where he throws two pick sixes, so all of a sudden he has to throw four touchdowns to make up for it. I was going to say, pick sixes are excellent for tournament lineups, so that, that it could work. And we see crazy stuff like that win tournaments every week. Um, so I like those ideas. Um, two other kind of off-the-wall plays for, for tournaments, the Chiefs. Um, again, you know, I, I kind of like the spot for the Niners passing game here. But we know it's Jimmy Garoppolo in games where, you know, he's forced to drop back 40 times. Like, he has implosion potential. So, I think the Chiefs for 32, they're going to be 1% or 2% owned. Um, and then down at the cheap end, the Lions, kind of same thing here. Like, if Dak Prescott isn't right with that thumb, you know, it's, it's a it's a bad Lions defense. But like, if Dak's not right, you know, that could mean a, a couple of turnovers. And that's kind of all it takes at defense. Yeah, my thought when I see it is to avoid the Lions. But, like you know, I, I've talked about Dak Prescott being – not risk-free coming back from his thumb injury. So yeah, that, that's a reason to go ahead and take a shot with the Lions. And, you know, if you don't want to play Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback for DFS, Debo and the Chiefs defense could be an interesting play from that game because if they do fall behind, then they have to throw the ball more. Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely a risky guy and you get a lot of targets for Debo Samuel. So it could be one of those like goofily correlated yep, plays. For sure. That's going to do it for this week seven DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. You can play around with the lineup generator. You can build your own lineups on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. You can also find Jared's articles highlighting top picks for cash and GPP entries on DraftKings. If you're watching us on stream, stick around. We're going to take like a five to ten second break, and then we'll be back to do the FanDuel show. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shafsan. Thanks so much for swimming with us.